Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms where I give you a heads up about upcoming shows and which date and time they will be aired. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the shows, MP3 files which you can download, or links to your favorite platform like iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and all other major sources. You can find information for upcoming and past talk show appearances as well as new book projects at MarlenePardo.com. You can also purchase books and merchandise there. And you can visit my author page on Amazon at Marlene Pardo Pelliser. Due to popular demand, I'm narrating my True Believer stories that have collected throughout the years in a new series called Supernatural Storytime. You can find links at SupernaturalStoryTime.com. If you are into classic horror, ghosts, and adventure stories, I narrate some of those at Nightshade Diary. And you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If you would like to read noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I do want to thank you all for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, this is Marley with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing today? Good, I hope. I'm doing good. Good, good, good. Uh, even though you're not going to see this a little bit, as you know, because of the prior shows that we are still um, experiencing something that's very unique, uh, I think, for a lot of the whole world, but America especially, which is that we're still under, um, I, don't, I don't know if you want to call it, the effects of COVID-19 or a coronavirus. And now we're starting to uh, be available to you know, they're opening up, depends on your state, et cetera, et cetera. There's, it's, it's, but anyway, I'm okay. Because everybody asks, are you okay? Everybody's okay, thankfully. <clears throat> uh, it's, I tell my, me and my husband, if we ever have to go out for anything, even to the post office, it's like, did you bring the mask? Because, of course, we can't go anywhere without the mask. It's incredible how quickly you adapt to that reality because you cannot... Uh, I, thankfully, I have a daughter-in-law that she's real crafty, handy, crafty person, which I am not. And she immediately made these really mine with flowers, of course, <laughs> and my husband with a serious dark blue one. She made some masks for us um, to wear that we, you know, we just wash, and that's what we use. But yeah, I stick them in my purse because, of course, you can't. In, you know, there's places, the places that are open, you can't go in there without them. So yeah. Um, so everything is good. This farm is good. Uh, hot weather. And like I said before, we're experiencing a little bit of a drought here in South Florida. And so we go out there. We have like a little golf cart that we go out in the, amongst the trees in the back. And we kind of like, um, worry just to make sure that they're not drying out. And if not, you know, we have to get water to them. But yeah, besides that, like I said, because we have to stay home giving it a lot of attention and the animals and it's really funny also I've you know um you know since we live in an agricultural area a lot of people are 
buying uh, eggs from me for fertilized chicken eggs because they they want to start. They've bought incubators and they have broody hens, and they've decided that they now realize. First of all, because either eggs are really expensive or there's none in the supermarkets, that they want their own source of eggs. So <laughs> it's like one of those things that you don't think about. Yeah, I, I would sell eggs every once in a while, but it wasn't not a big deal. Yeah, now it's become a big deal. So it's really weird how things just weird things happen. And, and of course, um, I've gotten offers for I've, I've sell the smaller chicks once I raised them a little bit and it was one time I had um, somebody that they found that my ad for the eggs he goes well do you have any full-grown hens and, and I, chickens and I said no I'm sorry I don't I'm not right now I, I have either eggs or fertilized you know if fertilized eggs or chicks oh no because I want to eat some because mine are free range I want to eat some free range hens and I was thinking about well, thank God you told me that because you weren't going to get my hens anyway. <laughs> because I'm such a pushover. I would never give up my hens if I knew somebody was going to kill them to eat them. You know, I was like, no, you're not getting them. Sorry. No, sorry. No, all I got, I'm keeping them. So, yeah, I'm a real pushover when it comes to that. But anyway, guys, let's get to the good part. And the good part is who I have with us tonight. And this is a lady by the name of Carrie Cannon. Now, she has over 20 years of teaching, coaching, speaking, and studying the nature of consciousness. She's well-versed in the language of self-love and realization. After studying the spiritual themes for many years, in 1998, she had her first major spiritual epiphany and realized that all challenges come from a lack of self-love. Amen to that. Over the years, her focus has remained on self-love. However, her definition of the self has radically transformed. Carrie has a gift that allows her to ask consciousness for change on behalf of other people who have told her that various areas of their lives have been miraculously healed as a result of listening to her work. People have reported spontaneous physical healing, financial windfalls, healed relationships, finding love relationships, and business success beyond their expectations. So please help me welcome Carrie tonight. How are you doing, Carrie? I'm awesome. Thank you so much, Marlene, for having me on the show. It's so great to be here and i hear all the life going on behind oh, me yeah i know everybody, <laughs> everybody knows that my but the birds you know and, and it's really funny because not, well the chair i had behind me some it'll capture the like a chair behind me and they'll see my dog jump up down wriggle around sometimes they're in the background they get more attention than i do so everybody knows that i have it's like sometimes and then right about now they're gonna quiet down but every you'll see my shows and then all of a sudden you hear a, a rooster crow it's like, <laughs> the hell is she? yeah it's because out here i live on a on a small what they call a micro farm it's a little bit over three acres which is not much by farm standards but it's enough to have uh noisy animals and uh yeah. noisy parrots people don't realize how noisy parrots are you yeah. know so yeah uh, it's like, nah, that's the norm. But anyway, I wanted to ask you, which I ask all my guests, how did you find yourself going into this field? Was it something from childhood after adult, a triggering event? What happened? Well, there were, I guess, um, different plateaus and um, 
I guess there was one. It started off um, in probably when I left home after college. Um, I started studying the spiritual themes. I moved from New York to the Cayman Islands, and it was really my first time alone um, in the world where I got to understand who I was and discover a lot about myself. And I found myself in a group of friends who were, um, like, I was 23, and all of my friends were 50. They weren't 53, they weren't 48, they were all 50 years old. And so they were at a point in their lives where they were exploring their own spirituality and, you know, uh, sort of going on to that more adult aspect of self-discovery. So at 23, I was introduced to that world. Okay. And... um, and I read, uh, you know, I read all sorts of self-help books, and I, I was very involved. Like, we had uh, a Tao Te Ching uh, circle that we did with, um, you know, all of these friends that I had. One was a mona- an ex-monastic monk. One was a um, psychiatrist. Uh, one was a uh, Japanese uh, guy. And anyway, so we, we all kind of got together, and we, we were doing that. And, and at the time, I was also studying A Course in Miracles which sort of led me to the next um, phase of my discovery where I discovered that um, all challenges were sourced in a lack of self-love because um, so that was in like 1992 where I, where I was living in Cayman. And then in around 1998, I had met my, um, the person who was to become my husband. And when we were getting married, he said, you know, why don't you quit your job and figure out what you really want to do? Um, because he made like six times what I made. And, um, you know, he wanted me to, to, you know, be able to find what would be fulfilling for me. Or he wanted me to figure out what I wanted to do, and I wanted to find what would be fulfilling for me. And I realized that I wanted to find something that would allow me to grow the rest of my life, that would be fulfilling for my the rest of my life. And so I did a, a sort of a journey of self-discovery to figure out what 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 is that thing that would bring me most meaning and um, I had been a student like I said of A Course in Miracles and there was a while I was looking to try and figure out what would bring meaning to my life I came across this um, article by a man named John Snodgrass who wrote a book called Your, Your Career Star and it was just a kind of a short article but it was Course in Miracles related and he said in his article, he said something like, um, your special function, according to A Course in Miracles, is the exact opposite of whatever you perceive to be the reality of your own guilt, sin, or victimization. In other words, what's wow. missing is your gift, your weakness is your strength, and your special dysfunction is your special function. And as a woman who grew up in the Western world, I've always had body image issues. And... Um, you know, I was like, what's my special dysfunction? And I was like, I'm fat. And I was like, no, that's not it. I don't like myself. And I was like, no, that's not it either. I don't love myself. And when I had that thought, I started jumping around my living room thanking everyone who had ever hurt me because I realized that they were providing me the context to understand the content of my thinking. And without those very painful experiences that I had as a child, um, I would not have the you know, I would not be able to see what I was thinking about myself. So that kind of led me on this journey of self-love. And then as, as my journey sort of progressed, I um, had the thought 
that, okay, if I am, you know, like A Course in Miracles teaches you that, you know, I am the chair, I am the TV, I am the clouds, I am, you know, Jupiter, I am this person who I'm speaking with, I am that sound, I am that flower, um, I am that thought. So, you know, it's, it's like a training that sort of teaches you that you are consciousness. So from those Course in Miracles teachings, I was like, okay, well, if I am, you know, created in the image and likeness of God kind of thing, then I should be able to easily, there should be a simple way for me to be able to sort of make things happen in my life. And so then, like, the next, I don't know, 20 years was like a progression of trying to understand, like, with that thought sort of loosely held in mind, trying to understand um, the nature of consciousness, which is why I, was, I delved into trying to understand that, because I wanted to know, okay, if I am an aspect of this infinite being, and I am, and it lives through me, then I should be able to harness this in some way. So, um, I guess the next sort of milestone that I had was I went, um, so the only sort of church or religion or spiritual experience that um, I could find as far as a church, like community church, was the Unity Church. So um, I, I had um, sort of told myself I was never going to go to church again, because I, I just didn't like the the idea of sin, and, you know, I just, it, it was contra to what I you know, had believed. And um, I decided I was never going again. And then a girlfriend dragged me to a unity church. And I went and I was like, oh, they conform to my way of thinking. So yes, I will go, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, then in 2004, I went on a um, spiritual enrichment and education program at unity. And these are really intense sort of um, course. It's, it's like a week of coursework. And they are, uh, I took four classes, and everybody takes four classes. So I took four classes, um, plus like a prayer group in the morning, and each class was two hours. So it was eight hours a day, five days, you know, for this five-day week of really intense spiritual study. That was in alignment with Unity's teachings, because it was at Unity Village in Lee Summit, Missouri. So it was, all, it was you know, also in line with my way of um, thinking already. And um, one of these classes, or two of these classes actually, were, were taught by this woman um, who's very well known in the Unity community. Her name is Eliza. And um, she taught uh, the New Testament and Jesus' teachings, like class, like one class and then the other one. So one two-hour class and then the one after that. And on Monday, uh, she did not have her hand in a splint. And on Tuesday and Wednesday, she did. And somebody asked her on Wednesday, you know, what happened to her, ha her hand. And she said that she had gotten into a car accident like 10 years before. And ever since then, she would have to wear the splint on her hand. And um, on Wednesday, we were going through Jesus's miracles. And I just want to, before I go into this, I just want to tell people. So my background is um, sort of unity, which is sort of a... Um, uh, spiritual-based, um, you know, um, Christian. It's like Christian-based, a new thought. But my, the way that I approach my work is not Christian-based. So I have my foundation and my background, 
but I've worked with people like I had a, a Muslim marketing manager who I worked with and um, she actually said to me that she didn't know if when we started working together if my teachings would be appropriate for her because you know if you're Muslim um, you know there are things that are sort of go against your religion and could be seen as um, heresy or whatever but she found that when, you know, from working with me, these teachings actually helped her to become a better Muslim because it doesn't matter what you call that infinite consciousness. You can call it Allah, you can call it God, you can call it the universe, you can call it Jesus, you can call it whatever you want, you know. Um, so it, it, from my perspective, it doesn't really matter how you relate to the infinite. It's just, you know, um, I just relate to the infinite in the way that I, you know, experience it. So I just wanted to say that before I kind of go into this story. Okay. Um, so anyway, on Wednesday, uh, we were going through all of these Jesus's miracles and um, miracle after miracle after miracle, like we would read them and there was definitely a method to his madness. So the method was that he would be presented with a, a problem or an issue or a challenge. And then he would go into meditation. He would come out with a knowing. And then he would do his little charismatic thing. And then the miracle, you know, people perceived that the miracle had been done. And um, after the one-hour break, because since each of these classes were two hours long, you know, after one hour, people kind of get a little need a refresher. So, right. you know, we had, a, we had a break at the one-hour mark. And after going through all these miracles, I knew, I knew with every fiber of my being that we could do anything that he could do. You know, we could do anything that he could do. And so I, you know, found a quiet little spot and I asked if there was anything that I could do to heal Eliza's hand. And I got a yes. And I was like, okay, what do I do? And I got just no. <laughs> I was like, really? Just no? And I got just no. I was like, okay. So I walked back in the room, I held her hand, I looked her in the eye, and I said, Eliza, I don't know how, but I just know that your hand is already healed. And then somebody walked in like two seconds later and said, oh, Eliza, your hand is healed already. And then, you know, she continued with the class. And then, uh, you know, we, we went home and came back on Thursday. And then on Thursday, she wasn't wearing her splint. And somebody asked her, you know, what happened with her splint. And she said, you know, it's so funny. I woke up today and my hand felt better than it had since before the accident. And I was like, ah, oh, that's very interesting. Yes. So, yes. So the next year or so went by and she would send out these little, you know, Jesus jokes and things like that. And I asked her, I was like, Eliza, do you remember when, you know, I told you that your hand, like your hand was in a uh, splint and I told you that your hand was healed and you know, the next day you came in and it felt better. I was like, how is that going for you? Is that, you know, did it stick? Like, what happened? And she's like, oh, my goodness, I totally forgot about that. She's like, my hand is fine. It's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, you know, it's healed. Wow. So I was like, wow, yeah, exactly. So then for the next 10 years, I was, I used that as my touchstone. And also through the next 10 years, I was going through like a horrible, you know, divorce scenario with my ex-husband, which was actually a gift because it forced me deeper into my spiritual, you know, because when I'm going through a hard time, I meditate more, 
I'm, you know, I, I'm in tune more, I try and listen more and all of that. So I believe that, you know, my hard divorce scenario, which was, I don't, would not wish it on anybody because it was sheer hell. Um, I believe that that actually propelled me to my next level. Okay. So um, the next level was, I was experiencing some, so to give you a little bit of background on my life, I grew up in um, sort of a upper middle class family and it, it, but we lived a rich lifestyle. So my, I grew up in a restaurant family and um, we owned a high end steakhouse where they served steak, lobster and seafood. And um, my stepmother was a flight attendant for TWA and my, uh, my dad's restaurant was right down the, the road from the ski resort and we lived on a lake and we had a motorboat and we would go, you know, water skiing. So we lived on a lake, which was our primary, you know, it was our primary house. It wasn't like a second house. So every day in the summer, I would water ski. Every day in the winter, if I wanted, we had passes to the ski resort. So I would snow ski. When there was no food in the house, I would go to my dad's restaurant and have steak and chocolate mousse. Wow. And when we went on vacation, it was cheaper to fly to Europe than it was to like go to the Poconos. So, you know, we, even though we didn't have lots and lots of money, we lived a life as if we did. Right, because of the circumstances. So, yes, I see what you mean. Yeah, yes. So um, I never knew what it was like to not have money. So I lived in, a, I was very, you know, I, I grew up in a very privileged um, home. And so after I went through my divorce, so I, when, I, when I married, I married pretty much into the same scenario. Like my ex-husband made a lot of money and, you know, we, I never had to worry about money. I was always cavalier, you know, it was just always there. And then after I went through my divorce, my ex-husband did everything he could to try and, you know, destroy me any way he could, including financially. And, um, and it worked for a while. And I, you know, again, I went into my meditation and things like that. So my, my next milestone was I, I found myself in this situation. I was like, listen, I would love to have, and I, I did this through like a meditation. I had two hours one night. I didn't have my kids. Um, and I, I went through meditation. I was like, I would love to have a best friend in my life who's a man who is just irresistibly magnetic to money who I adore, who adores me, but who's either gay or married, because I didn't want to attach my finance <laughs> I, I to my romance. That. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You know, I, I wanted yeah. this platonic relationship, but I wanted to have this adoration, you know? Right, 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 right. So I, I did this whole thing, and what came of that was the Five Keys to Conscious Creation, which is on... Um, like you can get that on Kindle for like a buck 99. It's just a little workbook and it's very succinct and it's very easy, but I'm going to go through the steps now and then I'm going to tell you what happened. So the steps for that is, so step number one, when I was doing this meditation to kind of bring this person in was I had to get clear on what I wanted and which, and that's the part where I was like, okay, I want a man because I respond much better to, differently to men than I do women. I wanted him to be gay or married and, you know, I wanted to offer him something that was as valuable to him as him being, you know, just sort of, um, you know, rubbing his good mo money mojo off on me. Right. And um, 
so I, and I, you know, I wanted that, that reciprocation and I wanted that, um, to be just an aspect of me, not that I had to do anything special, but it was just a part of who I was that, you know, uh, was a gift to him as, as well as his, you know, magnetism towards money would be to me. And, um, then, so step one is to get clear. Step two is to, uh, get rid of all the stuff that's in the way. So I needed to, like, part of my brain um, was like, well, who would love me enough to want to hang out with me and, you know, help me with this? Um, So I had to get rid of that. And, you know, like, what guy who's gay or married would want to do that? You know, so I had to get rid of those uh, limitations. And, you know, whatever other limitations I had, um, like, I don't, like, I don't know how I'm going to meet this person. How could I possibly meet this person? And, you know, I had to release that limitation and things like that. So once I got clear and I let go of all that stuff, um, then I had, so first was get clear. And that, that aspect of getting rid of all the stuff is part of the getting clear process, you know, releasing, get rid of it, release everything that's in the way. So get clear and then release everything that's in the way of it. So number one is get clear. Number two is release anything that's in the way of it. Number three is to feel that, feel it in your heart as if it has already happened. So then I just meditated on it and I just thank, like just felt it in my heart as if this person was already in my life. And I was like walking around my house, like, you know, moving and saying, I love that, you know, we have this great camaraderie. I love that I have something to offer him that he all, you know, that is just as valuable to him as what he's offering me. I love that you know, we're just the best of friends. And, you know, I, like I was saying, I love all of these things. So um, that was, you know, feel it in your heart as if it had already happened. So that's step number three. So one is get clear. Number two is release anything in the way of it. Number three is to feel it in your heart as if it already happened, not in your head. And it helps sometimes to put your hand on your heart. So the fourth part is to, um, to just, gently sort of turn that into a, a place of gratitude. So it, instead of saying, I love this, I love that, blah, 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 just kind of feel a sense of gratitude for it already happening. So that's step number four. Feel it in your heart as if, you know, feel it in your heart with a sense of gratitude. And then the last step, number five, which is the hardest one, and which is where people get stuck, um, is to let it go. So I, at the time, used emotional freedom techniques. And, you know, I tapped and I was like, even though I love this idea, I deeply and completely accept myself and I release and let it go. And, you know, because I was buzzing for like 45 minutes and it was like midnight and I couldn't get to sleep. So I had to let it go just to get to sleep. And so those are the five steps. And then the next day I woke up and I had a friend who was working with me on this network marketing business that um, I had gotten involved with. And um, she said, Carrie, I want to set up a meeting with you um, to, you know, talk about this. And, I, and this person was in my upline, but she actually didn't make any money from me. So, because, um, you know, it was a network marketing thing. I was phased out for her. And I said, Nancy, I, I really appreciate all that you're doing for me. And this just kind of came from out of nowhere. I said, I appreciate all that you're doing for me, but I really would love I think that you should pass me on to someone else who will actually make money from my efforts. And um, she said, okay, I'm going to put you in touch with this guy. And I was like, okay. So she got in touch with him and then, you know, he, he texted me or whatever. And we texted a little bit. And then um, I just called him out of the blue, like uh, two weeks later or something like that. 
And when he heard my voice, he sat up and he said, hold on a second. And he sat up in bed and he started to talk to me. And um, I didn't realize at the time, but him sitting up in bed was very significant. So, you know, from that, we seemed to have a a good camaraderie and, um, you know, he was trying to help me with this business and everything. And there, and, you know, we, we talked for about six weeks before he came back to my area because he lives on the other side of the country and his, he's got his businesses over in my side of the country. And, um, so then when he came here, uh, I went with him to this big, um, it was like a, uh, big like event, like a convention for that business. And he asked me if I would be his assistant during that time. And I was like, sure, you know, um, cause I was, you know, I had the time to be able to, to do that. And, um, it occurred to me later that, so this is the, and so he is the type of person that like when he walks around Dick's sporting goods, looking for fishing gear, his phone goes, ding, 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 ding. And I, and I asked him, I'm like, why does your, like, what's going on when your phone is dinging like that? And he's like, Oh, every time my phone dings, I earn $180. Wow. And so, yeah, I was like, Oh, so the very next day after I did that five keys to conscious creation process, my, um, it, like the universe was already had things in motion for me. Like it was already, it had already taken action by me just intuitively saying, you know, Nancy, I appreciate all that you're doing for me, but I need somebody who's going to make money from me. And this guy, he was in my upline, but so the reason that it was significant that he sat up in bed was because he had three years prior, he had had open heart surgery. And um, for those who are familiar with, you know, the people who have had open heart surgery, um, like there's a, a limited life expectancy after that happens. It's like five years. And the reason is because of the anxiety, like your body goes through such a trauma from being ripped open like that, that um, he was having panic attacks that were lasting an hour and a half. So when I was, yes. So when I was being his assistant, I would just be me. I was just being my natural self. And as as soon as he would start having a panic attack, because I was riding around in the car with him to all these appointments, I would just put my hand on the front and the back of his chest and, um, you know, I, like his panic attacks went from an hour and a half to like three minutes. And, um, so by the time he left, he was in, he was in my area for about I don't know, a month or six weeks. By the time he left, he could manage on his own. And the panic attacks were only like a minute and a half or two minutes. So, but when he said, Yes, exactly. And when he sat up in bed, when he heard my voice, he told me that something in him said, this person, listen, this person is, you know, a significant person in your life. And, um, from the, and he was actually laying in bed waiting to die. So when I called him, it kind of revived him. So from that experience, I knew that, okay, I had, like, remember in the beginning, I said, I I knew that there had to be a simple way that we could sort of harness consciousness and use it for ourselves, if we were, if we were that thing. And so that was my next step along the way. Then a few more years passed, and I found myself again, like, sort of financially struggling. And um, 
I was at that point, my ex-husband had like temporarily wrangled my children away from me. And um, I was like, okay. Um, and I, I saw a pattern where I was in these dysfunctional relationships with men and money. And I was like, Ooh, I see this dysfunctional relationship where, where I was like in this control dynamic with men and money. And I wanted to have a positive relationship with men and a positive relationship with money. And, you know, I saw this, this, this weirdness. And so I was like, Ooh, I see this pattern in myself and I want it gone. And, um, so I, again, I, I went to silent unity, which is part of that, that unity, um, organization. And I sent in a prayer request and I said, I see this pattern in myself. I want it gone and I want it replaced with something better. And, um, within 10 minutes of doing that prayer request, I, came across a woman who did very similar work to what I do now. And we're, uh, we're going to get into what I do now in a little bit. Okay. And um, what she did was she did like this form of affirmative prayer. And as soon as she did that prayer, I felt all of my panic around money going away because what was happening was, you know, I, I realized I had this like out of the fear of not having enough money, I was holding on to these dysfunctional relationships mm-hmm. because I was afraid that there wouldn't be something on the other side. So um, immediately, um, I came across this woman who was doing the same kind of work that I do now. And uh, after listening to her, my fear of not having enough money went away, my panic and fear. And like everything, just I I found myself in a state of infinite peace and patience. Also, at the same time, I had been doing um, web design work for this uh, gentleman who um, like I was doing these beautiful, elaborate, like $5,000 websites, and I was trying to get my coaching off the ground. Um, and I was also doing some audio editing for another woman. And at the same time, I had been receiving child support from my ex-husband, but since he wrangled my kids away temporarily, you know, that was not happening anymore. So, um, like with the client that I had, I said, listen, I, need to either be making more money for these websites because I was only making like $1,200 per website. And it it took me like a month to do a website. And um, I said, I either need to make more money um, or I need to do less elaborate websites. And he was like, well, I'm doing you a favor. I could go to India and have somebody there do it for me. And (laughs) so I decided to, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I decided to let go of that client. And then at the same time, the money that I was receiving from my ex-husband went away. So all of a sudden, after I listened to this woman's audio, I found myself making like, you know, 5% or somewhere like somewhere between 5 and 10% of what I had previously been receiving every month because I only had that one client left, which was the woman who I was doing audio editing for. And um, so instead of doing something like a normal person would do, I found myself sitting on my couch for like three weeks just asking in a state of infinite peace and patience, is there anything that I can do to facilitate the, you know, uh, flow of abundance in my life? And I got just wait. And I'd wait like, you know, five minutes. You know, and I was like, I was going to say, that's a difficult thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, is there anything I could do now? to facilitate financial abundance in my life. And I got just wait. And I got just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait for like two weeks, you know, two and a half weeks. And um, 
from this woman who I was doing the audio editing for, she had a client or a guest on there who, you know, because I was doing the audio editing, I listened to all of her interviews. She had a guest on there who fascinated me, and I was doing a podcast at the time as well. And I asked him if he would be a guest on my show, and he was like, sure, but he wanted to do a pre-interview. So I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, I, I could do that because I have nothing better going on. I'm just sitting on my couch meditating. So um, I was talking to him, and he, we got along really well, and he said, how, like, how many people do you know like that woman? And I said, I don't know, hundreds? Those are my people. And he said, how would you like to, uh, you know, organize, you know, interviews with people like that for me? He said, I'll pay you $500 a pop. I was like, really? How many do you want? And he said, as many as you can get. So I was, I was able to get him about 10 a week, which I will let the audience do the, the math, $500 times 10 a week, you know, times, you know, however long I did it. That's a considerable chunk of change. And so in two and a half weeks, I went from receiving like $250 a month for doing the audio editing to over 20 grand a month wow. in just like by sitting on my couch, meditating and asking. Mm -hmm. okay. So that led me to my next step, which was I was obsessed with trying to find out as much as I could about this woman who did the, the stuff that I did, you know, that I now do. I was, I was like, who is she? Where can I find more of her and how can I do private sessions? Because, you know, I was making over 20 grand a month so I could afford her $1,000 an hour that she was promoting on her website for her work. Okay. And, um, but I, I went, I tried to schedule an appointment with her. I, like she was unavailable, you know, $1,000 an hour, you would think that they would, you know, be yeah. available for an yeah. appointment, but, you know, she wasn't. Um, so then I tried to see if there were any group programs that she had going on. And she didn't. And so then, like, since I couldn't pay her and, you know, I, I was just like, okay, let me just listen to all of the recordings that I can find of her online. So I listened to, you know, a few recordings and she really started to irritate me because people would ask her in her interviews, um, like, how, how can I learn how to do this? Or, you know, can I have a script? Or is this something that I can learn how to do? Or can you teach me? Or do you have... And she said, her, her blanket response was, well, I could tell you how I do it, but I'm the only one with the gift, so you wouldn't be able to do it anyway. And I was oh, like, well, that is the biggest uh, load of crap I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was BS because I had already done it. I had healed somebody's hand uh -huh. in like a spontaneous healing. So I knew that I could do it. I just needed to claim that for myself because, you know, I'd spent 10 years trying to figure out how I got there. And, you know, by this person telling me I couldn't do it, I was like, oh, yeah, well, screw you. I'm going to figure it out myself, exactly. you know. <laughs> so that's what I did. I started practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing gratitude and just, you know, feeling it in my body. Like the same thing that I did with that five keys to conscious creation, only I kind of smashed it all together into like one you know, feeling that only takes like, you know, between two and 10 minutes, depending upon the consciousness alignment that I do. And I call them consciousness alignments. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I started practicing and practicing. And then I asked for friends to be guinea pigs. And they were all like, oh, pick me, pick me. And my favorite story from that time there, I have other favorite stories now that are really phenomenal. Um, my favorite story from that time was, I had this friend, we were doing a collaborative book project. 
And that's, that book is called um, Embraced by the Divine, The Emerging Woman's Gateway to Power, Passion, and Purpose. And the primary author is Michelle Mayor. And she was asking me, she was like, I'm having relationship challenges with my daughter, and I would like for our book to be a bestseller. And so um, I asked her what was going on with her daughter. And, you know, she told me that she had just turned 18, and she was kind of sitting around the house really doing nothing. And she had given her daughter the option of either getting a job or going on uh, welfare because uh, she couldn't afford to support her daughter's lifestyle. And they're in Australia. So, you know, it's different than it is in the United States. And so her daughter chose to go on welfare and um, because she had a shopping habit. You know, she's a beautiful kid and she had the shopping habit and she liked beautiful clothes. And um, so uh, this, her sitting at home doing nothing and just collecting a check was, was really driving a wedge between my friend and her daughter. So um, she, I, I said, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We are going to align her to find her 18-year-old dream job, and she doesn't even have to look for it. It's just going to land in her lap, and she's going to be so happy that it's going to spill over into her relationship with you. How does that sound? And she was like, well, that sounds great to me. So that's what I did. I did a consciousness alignment for her to find her 18-year-old dream job, whatever that was, and that it, she wouldn't have to look for it. It would just land in her lap, no effort on her part whatsoever. Okay. And so then with the book, she wanted that to be a bestseller. And I was like, well, that's nice, but why don't we make it a number one international bestseller? And she was like, can we do that? I said, we can ask. You know, we can ask. So um, about three weeks later, she called me up and she said, I have to tell you what happened with my daughter. She said she was in her favorite boutique, spending her check, and the shop owner approached her and asked her if she would be interested in modeling for their internet and print presence. She would get paid, wow. she'd get a discount, and if she wanted to start a modeling portfolio, she could do that too. So it was like, check, dream job, 18-year-old, yes. done. Yes. And then the next one, was that um, so it took a, while, a little longer for our book, you know, because everything has its own incubation period. And um, but on American Thanksgiving 2015, our book went to number one in the United States, Canada, Australia, the UK and the Netherlands. Wow. So this stuff really works. Yeah. And so, you know what? I think it's fantastic that you asked for it, but you don't get hung up on exactly how it's going to happen. You yeah, kind of leave yeah, that Everybody open. has their own way. Yeah, absolutely. Because the universe, you know, everybody has, and it's funny because when people listen to me, um, it's unique for everyone. Mm -hmm. So uh, more recently, I had somebody who was, an, uh, he was a struggling artist. He listened to one of my podcasts, just like this one. Mm -hmm. And um, he uh, like what he wanted was for his work to take off. And again, he's a struggling artist, but man, his artwork is freaking phenomenal. Um, his name is Paolo Kunha. And um, he said that the very next day after listening to my podcast, um, he got a call, like things started to go into motion. And um, he was asked, I don't know if this all happened the next day, but he said that the very next day things went into motion. Um, but within the next few weeks, like I think it was like a month between the time that he listened to it and the time that I spoke to him, maybe it was six weeks, between the time that he listened to that and the time that 
he he got in touch with me. Um, he um, was asked to do a solo show in uh, Portu- in Portugal. He was mm-hmm. also asked to do a solo show in the Mal- uh, Maldives. And he was asked to have one of his artworks on permanent display at the Louvre in Paris. Whoa! Yes. And he also made a really great friend connection um, with uh, an artist as well. So um, he said that, you know, immediately things just just took off for him. And um, he attributes that to this work that people are about to experience. So anyway, that's my... That's yeah, incredible. Because I know sometimes people want certain things, but they get hung up. And it's got to happen a certain way, you know. Like they, that's like in other words, they they want to. How can I say they want to be too controlling somehow? Yes, yes, and that's why you need to let it go. So that's what's so difficult for people. So I have mm-hmm. people sometimes will come back to me <clears throat> again and again and say, "Oh, I'm having issues with you know this or that," and it's like, "Okay, how are you doing it? Letting it go? like you're still looking for it." You know, as long as you're clinging to it, it can't, it can't, like the universe can't do its thing. Right. So letting go is really the key after you've gone through the whole work. And, you know, a lot of people, um, like I'll do the thing, like, thank you, it's already happened. But people need to, at that point, you need to let go and uh, trust the universe. And the best way that i found to do that um, is through emotional freedom techniques. That mm-hmm. even though I love this idea and I want things, this thing to happen, I deeply and completely accept myself and I release and let it go. Like you have to let it go because if yes. you don't let it go, it can't come through. Right. So. Right. Right. Would Would you like for me to do a consciousness alignment for your audience? I'm open to doing whatever you want, whether it's you know finances, career, health, and well being. You know, maybe getting on the other side of this pandemic and and having just you know, you know what, the what, universe what, open up with gifts or whatever. I want to tell you something. This is a pandemic. And I really, and I hear about it is that I think there's a lot of people, and then I talked about it because my field is mental health. And mm-hmm. I was telling people, I say, you know what, eventually, you know, besides the fact that when I said, there's a lot of people that obviously there's going to be economic challenges depending what you worked in. You know, you might not have a job, you mm-hmm. might have a job, you might, you might. But I said, I think there's going to be like a certain portion of uncertainty. Because this happens so quickly. You know, we all went yeah. from, God, you know, Christmas, New Year's, pandemic. It was like, what? Right, right. Where, and a really strong economy, pandemic. Yeah. Right. It, it, that, that I, I'd say, you know, I was, as a matter of fact, I, was, I closed out my last show where I was telling people, I said, don't, don't think that you might even need a little bit of therapy. I said, don't take it the wrong way because there's going to be people out there that, that, you know, that all of a sudden, even if, Everything turns out okay, maybe for their job, or they're able to go back to their job. It depends. I know not everybody. They almost feel like any minute now, you know, like how you know all the planning that we kind of naively did before. Mm-hmm. Now people are going to be wondering, well, is this going to happen again? Well, man, is you mm-hmm. know, and I think for a yeah. lot of people subconsciously, um, this is, I, I I consider myself a subconscious behaviorist that is always going to be playing in the back of their mind. And mm-hmm. I do agree with you. I think that a lot of the things that we draw to us or manifest has driven a lot by our expectations mm-hmm. of what we think we deserve. Yeah, like you said, there's a host of things that can direct what our expectations are. 
either consciously yeah. or subconsciously. And of course, unfortunately, fear limits us a lot of times because yeah. we're we're humans. You know, some people are more fearful than other, depending on things that have happened to you. But if you know, um, I think that especially well, whether it's the emotional freedom technique or anything else, as far as maybe you just that that inner how can I say it? Like you said, when you stop letting go of fear and you might not be able to name exactly what it is that you're scared of, because sometimes mm -hmm. you really don't know, you know, right. You don't know what's right. the next thing, but all of a sudden, like letting it go that just to trust that yeah. everything's going to be okay. Like go ahead with your life. Yeah. Don't worry yeah. that. Okay. Am, am I going to get slammed economically? besides maybe the health risk economically again where i can trust that i can make plans like i tell people i want to go on vacation you know people before you would say well i'm going to go on vacation or you know plans that people make in their lives that i think a lot of people now even when this thing kind of like smooths out they're still going to be kind of hesitant about yes because it's going to yeah. be like well yeah but what if uh you know like even now you know, Mother's Day, you know, all these significant holidays, everybody's like, what are you going to do? Not much. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. So it's, if, if we could discuss, or if you could go into something that people can work on, um, to let go, whatever the fears are, like you said, each person is different as to what, um, they fear might happen. I, some people, it might okay. be, uh, financial. Some people, it could be health-wise. Uh, more, yep. I want to say like a trust in like everything's going to be okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So what I'll do, so people don't even, with this work, people don't even have to work on anything. Mm -hmm. the, the only thing they might need to work on is letting go of the outcome. Right. So, um, but what I do with this work is I just, I actually access the higher part of you. So you just live your day, you do the things that you do naturally, and it seems like miracles just land in your lap. You know, yes. kind of like with that Paolo Kunha guy, you know, like it wasn't like, you know, he contacted Louvre and told them to, to you know, here's my painting. They contacted him. And it's just, you know, the universe, it, it aligns your consciousness to be in harmony with your, your desires. So what I'll do then is I'll do a consciousness alignment for letting go of the fear, however that shows up in one's life, wherever one is feeling um, that they're, uh, constrained or limited or wherever their, their greatest fear is coming from to let that go, replace that with a sense of ease and knowing that everything will be all right, bring people into presence and um, being open to receiving the gifts that are uh, banging on the doors to try and come into their lives. How's that? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, so um, everybody who's listening, in order to receive a consciousness alignment, there is one active part that you have to do, which is actually listen to me. And so don't be chasing toddlers around. Don't be doing your dishes. Don't be vacuuming the floor or listening to this in the background. You need to listen to my words and say yes to yourself while you're listening. And that's it. Saying yes activates your free will, so it allows your, you know, your individual consciousness to know that you want these gifts. So here we go. 
and say yes as I'm speaking. Don't wait for me to tell you to say yes because sometimes people are like, oh, when do I say yes? It's like it's when I start door, speaking, yes. that's when you say yes. You know? Yeah, just so, stick that okay, yes in there on the pause. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Thank you, divine consciousness that lives in through and as me and everyone who is hearing my voice. That is both the voice that speaks and the ear that hears. It is all potentiality in every single moment of now. Thank you, thank you, thank you for releasing this person now from any fears that they may have that interfere with their ability to live a peaceful life. Now, whether those are financial, whether it has to do with health and well-being, whether it has to do with their relationships, whether it has to do with their safety, or whatever that may have to do with, thank you for releasing this person from those fears now. Thank you. It's already done. Thank you. It's already done across all time, space, dimension, and reality. Going down their mother's side of the family and their father's side of the family. Going back 10,000 generations. Release the entire family lineage. Going back 10,000 generations from any fears that they may have brought to this moment of now. Whether they're genetic or energetic inheritance, contracts, curses, parasites, uh, limiting beliefs, stories, or anything that may be in the way of them being able to be in a sense of peace and ease and receptivity. Thank you for deleting, uncreating, and transmuting anything in the way of that. Now, thank you for aligning them in every vibrating molecule, every strand of DNA, every, every atom of their body. Thank you for aligning them to be in peace and harmony with receiving the gifts that this transformation is bringing into their life. Now, thank you, it's already done. Thank you, it's already done now. Thank you for opening this person's consciousness and opening their life in ways that they never even imagined. Thank you for allowing them to experience greater prosperity, greater health and well-being, greater, more connected relationships with themselves, with their families, with their inner being. Thank you, it's already done. With their life, thank you, it's already done now across all time, space, dimension, and reality in every level of consciousness, every strand of DNA, every vibrating molecule, and every spinning atom. And thank you for hardwiring this person to trust, to trust that the universe is living in through and as them and wants and desires the things that they desire. Thank you for deleting, uncreating, and transmuting anything in the way of that, any stories, any limiting beliefs, anything that may be in the way of them being able to be at peace and at ease and mindful and live a meaningful life. Thank you, it's already done. Thank you, it's already done now. And thank you for showering this person with gifts, gifts that are unique to them, gifts that are unique to them. That is something even better. That is something even better now. Thank you, it's already done. Thank you, it's already done now. Thank you, it's already done now. And so it is. Okay, take a deep breath. And push it all out. And take another deep breath. And push it all out. How'd that feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Everybody has disability, by the way. Everybody has this ability. And I actually, I do teach it. And I have many different programs that, um, you know, uh, different levels of people, right. you know, that, being that, able to that, access exactly. this work. Yeah. And you know what, again, so, Carrie, I love that you stress, you don't have to give a detail of how you, you think that this has to come about. You can leave that open-ended yeah. and let it go. Because sometimes people get too caught up in the how, how. They, they, they can't, in other yeah. words, if they think that if they don't detail how, then... That it won't get done. Yeah. That it won't get done. 
Yes. And that's why I leave it open like this, because we don't know. So I've learned, I mean, you know, I'm old enough to have learned from my life that I might think that I really want something and then something oh, else shows up. And I'm like, yes, holy yes. crap, this is awesome, you know? Yes. So, yeah. Right. Uh, like yeah. that that painter that you described. Yeah. Do you think that he would consciously have thought he was, they, he was going to get contacted by the Louvre? Come on. I don't think in a million years that he thought that he would be contacted by the Louvre. No, he would. He may have asked, like he said, for an exposition or to get going. But if somebody mm -hmm. would have told him, yeah, the Louvre, he'd be like, okay, you know, come on. You know, no, 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 no. I'm a yeah. realist, you know. He would have poo-pooed the idea. Yeah. Uh, thinking yep. that that was way beyond, you know, he wasn't even going to try for that. Yeah, he was struggling like a month yeah. before, yes. you know, and then he's contacted by the Louvre. You know? yeah, I yes, mean, yes. wow, it doesn't get any better than that, you know? Of course, of course. But if you, it, it, like you explained, you know, that open-ended and then letting it go is like, don't get caught up in the details. But sometimes there's yeah. things happening out there once you put this out that brings either events or people into your reality. You know, they, exactly. you cross yep. paths. Uh, I know some people you know how they describe synchronicity where you're at the right place at the right time, whatever yep. the case might be that, um, you cannot, it's not an on-demand thing. It's right. just, and of course, it just happened. And what you described also when you sat there for two weeks or two and a half weeks, that there's this trust in believing this, uh, what I feel or what I want, or it's going to happen. Because let me tell you something, a lot of people, they would have said, oh, nothing's going to happen. Or I'm, you know, I'm getting caught up in wishful thinking. Yeah. So. Well, let me clarify on that. So when I sat there for two weeks, it wasn't like I was trying to force myself to sit there for two weeks. So I, I am not the type of person normally who would be able to just sit there and be calm for two weeks. It was, the, again, the universe took care of that. Like that, okay. that was the thing to do, you know, okay. like the thing to do is to get up and go to the bathroom, brush your teeth or whatever. Mm -hmm. That was just a thing to do because the universe aligned me to be sitting on my couch. Well, you know, you know for so some people, like it's, that, it's that, um, you know, that, that they think that to get something accomplished, you have to do something. And if that knowing is telling them, wait, 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 they start doubting like, you know, wow. Okay. You know, this is not, nothing's happening, you know? Or like kids, are we there yeah. yet? Yeah, that kind of thing. That um, yeah, yeah. I, I I see where, and especially what you were describing, where you needed something to take place, at pretty soon. You know, like okay, this is not like, oh well, you know, I want to go to Europe next year, and I hope, yeah, <laughs> I hope to have the money yeah. to go. Um, it sounded something much more immediate uh, mm -hmm. than let's say a vacation, or more important as far as plans that you had for your life, which is, a, a, and I want to mention, I love what you described when you were talking about uh, breaking of energetic or genetic lineage uh, vows or, you know, anything like that. That sometimes yeah, people do not realize that there, that does, that does play. Uh, uh, yeah. There yeah. You know, I never believed in curses before. Mm -hmm. And then I had like three people like telling me about curses. And I was like, okay, I should include that. Yes, <laughs> you know? yeah. yes, 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 yes. People, you know, every, it's, 
some people it sounds so well or that somebody let's say in your family lineage that you never met it might have this person might have been come and gone long before you ever made an appearance that what they did knowingly or unknowingly could affect you or your family down the road um yeah. i've a lot of times i've heard also people have taken you know vows of poverty or somebody mm-hmm. in their lineage, you know, genetic or yeah. made po- vows of poverty. Uh, because remember, at one time, poverty, especially among religious orders, was considered next to holiness, that kind of, you know, that kind yeah. of approach. Um, yeah. And that they're affected, that, there's, that, that somehow or other they're affected by it just because of, so yeah, people don't, that, that's so important. And I know people think, what? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, which is, I, I've been, um, Carrie, I've been showing uh, copies of your, the book that you have, the workbook. Mm-hmm. And um, let me ask you, is that something, uh, when you say you offer, do, do you, does a person purchase the book and take the class separately or, or, or is it so, either or? Um, if people go to my website, um, there are a couple ways. So there are a couple different ways that you can, you know, approach me. The workbook is actually free. Mm-hmm. It's always been free. So you can get the workbook uh, for free on my website. And um, so if you were to go to divinewithin.com mm-hmm. um, and sign up for my newsletter, you will get five free consciousness alignments, uh, one for health and well-being, one for relationships, one for finances, one for joyful fulfillment, and one for spiritual connection. And then you'll also get the Uncovering the Divine Within workbook. So that's free. Um, If people wanted to uh, participate in my monthly group calls, which is kind of like I take that that consciousness alignment that I did, but I open up the call for people to put in requests. And it typically goes about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes, maybe 45 minutes if, you know, I don't have very much engagement that that month or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's like back to back to back to back to back consciousness alignments that are geared towards what the group is asking for. And then there's, um, so that's at commandmiracles.com. And then if people wanted to uh, learn how to do this themselves, uh, you can contact me, uh, sign up for for the newsletter at divinewithin.com and then, you know, contact me and say, Carrie, I'd like to learn how to do this. And then we can have a conversation about that. Perfect. Wow. That's great. That's fantastic. I think that's that's um, one of those things that I want to say. Sometimes you know people have what they call the epiphany, like you know, angel singing. Mm-hmm. I get it, I get it. But I think sometimes for us, you could have it, but I think sometimes you have to go through that process, like something mm-hmm. like what you described happened with you, that it was certain mm-hmm. things happened and. You know, certain events in your life propelled you forward or made you react a certain way that looking back, you realize in reality that helped me out, you know, yes. especially yes. when we have troubles where you're thinking, oh, my God. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, yeah, when I was going through all of my struggles with my ex-husband, honestly, I would not wish that on exactly. the world, like on anybody in the world, because it was the toughest thing that I've ever had to go through. And mm-hmm. honest, And I don't want to invite him over for dinner. But he's probably the greatest gift 
you know, right. I would not be who I am or where I am if it were not for him being so good at what he did. Right. Yes. And, <laughs> and I know that when you're in the thick of things like that, whatever the case might be, you're thinking, sure, yeah, I'm going to be happy yeah, about this. I, I'd ever, like to see him dead. Yeah, uh, yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, whether it's personal relationships or things, other circumstances that happen to people, um, you sometimes later on, it depends, of course, on what it is. There's always something good to be taken from it. In other words, yeah. Uh, and 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 what I like is, you know, sometimes you know I tell people because especially with classes and thankfully also with the internet, it helps. You know, you have the extroverts that are good mm -hmm. with group settings, and then there's the introverts, which are more like I want to do this by myself kind of thing. You know, like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, because that's just their personality. Um, right. And sometimes, especially if, I think if they're facing things about themselves, like, you know, like they don't want anybody to know. You know how people sometimes are very, some yeah. people don't care. They'll talk about like, oh, you know, the blah, 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 blah. And I think, and you know, yeah. I'm a real jerk. And I now I realize it. And I have these short, you know, shortcomings <laughs> and I need help yeah. quick. And then there's the other people that are in the corner going, uh, I'm not going to talk about that about myself. Forget that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody's got, um, but at the end, you know, we, we, um, and you mentioned something which I, I liked you, which is, and, and I've mentioned it, the way we talk to ourselves, that inner dialogue sometimes that you, talk, you meant something about self-love, mm -hmm. um, that I think that sometimes it does people that I, really nice people sometimes they really they they talk to themselves or they have this inner dialogue with themselves as anything but kind right um, right yes so what I learned about self-love so at first I thought it was geared towards my body you know because I was uh, body centric but I realized that um, you know through especially this work has helped me to see this um, that self-love has to do with just loving every aspect of your life because your life is you. You can't separate yourself from your life. Right. So uh, regardless of where you are in life, if you can accept it, because that's what self-love is, self-acceptance. Accept it for what it is um, and accept you for who you are and where you're at. Yes. Then you can, you know, grow from that. So like, Honestly, like this work, like if people are afraid of woo woo, this is like woo woo off the charts, right? <laughs> so this is as woo as it. it gets. I love it. And love um, it. you know, some people are like, "Whoa, that's really weird," which I'm okay with that. But uh -huh. my, since I have worked on self love so much, I'm okay with. It. I don't care because I know that if a thought is coming through me, it's already created. It's already there in the universe for me to just grab because yes. the universe is living through me. And it's asking me, hey, would you like to grab onto this idea? Because this idea is also you. So every idea, every potentiality is also you. You are that consciousness. So from my perspective, <clears throat> and since that's my perspective, that I am consciousness, which I learned through A Course in Miracles, you know, I allow everything. You know, I allow everything. And that allowance is, to me, self-love. Because everything, even the crappy stuff, is the self. Like, even this coronavirus, mm -hmm. it has gifts. It is myself, you know? Yes. So it has gifts to deliver to all of us. And um, I'm just grateful that 
you know, I'm living through this now because I can see this global transformation that's, you know, happening, this transition that we're going through. And I, I'm really excited and grateful for to see what's on the other side. Of course, of course. I mean, every, everybody gets affected by different things, different ways, different circumstances, depending on where, where you are in your life. And all the, there's so many uh, God possibilities, you know, you can extrapolate from there as individual as people, as individuals are. Um, and, and of course, and that's something really important. This is not a one size fit all in that sense, you know, because everybody right. is, a God, like you said, at this moment, we are a result of so many different experiences and also something that you mentioned, which I think is so important. It's the now, because sometimes people get caught up as in when this future event is my reality, right. then things will, yes. you know, then it'll be important. Then I'll, whatever the, uh, what the yes. aha moment and, and really, you know, all we have is the now and. Right. And really there's no such thing as time. You know, it's just a, a sort of a moving through space kind of thing. Um, so, you know, if we, when I, like when I do my work, when I say now, a lot of people feel like an energetic punch yes. when I, when I do that, or like I've been told right. a slap, <laughs> you know, like a reality slap, you know? Um, and that's why I use that because it's not in the future. It's now, it's like this yes. life. It's now, it's like align things now. So right. yeah, exactly. Wow. Carrie, it has been fantastic to talk to you. Wow. Thank Let you, Maureen. It's been great. It has been. It's just like, woo, whiz by. Let me tell you something. This is, I, I, there's so much that you are, it's, it's, I, I mean, the approach I think is great. Um, I think a lot of people, I hate to say this, need this. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes, uh, and, and I want to say this especially, and I know there's people out there that are going to go, Ugh, I'm going to go, for my little control freaks out in the audience, you need this, like, let it go. You know, in other words, sometimes um, they're, they, they, they want to control so much, and then when things are not happening the way they want, or the way they've planned, or the way they've tried so, so hard, and they can't, can't figure it out, like, what am I doing mm -hmm. wrong? Yeah. Um, then you need to do this. You need to like, let go, like let go and maybe um, either face something that about you that you just are, don't want to look at, whatever it might be. And like, you know, you know that let, you know, let it go. Don't hang on so tight to yeah. how that outcome is supposed to take place. In other words, get out of your own way kind of deal. Yeah because unfortunately we kind of do that every every so often with with even if we think we're not we do uh for various reasons various reasons um it has been so great anyway i will have uh, a link to your website on the credits of the show but again if you could repeat what your website is for the podcast yeah listeners. so for the uh, Uncovering the Divine Within workbook, which is a workbook about self, it's a self-love workbook, and really it helps you to identify your, like, the stuff that you've been hanging on to that kind of holds you back and let go of that, okay. um, and that's free. It's at divinewithin.com, and also when you sign up there, uh, you get five consciousness alignments, one for health and well-being, one for relationships, one for uh, financial, uh, you know, financial well-being one for joyful fulfillment and one for spiritual connection. And um, then, you know, you'll be, uh, if you want to take that further, 
then uh, so that's at divinewithin.com and if you were interested in like the group calls or anything um that those are at commandmiracles.com and if you wanted uh you know to do private uh like mentoring with me mm-hmm. just you know respond to the email from divinewithin.com and we'll talk about that fantastic again thank you so much i want to wish you i don't know do you have any any projects any books anything plan for 2020? No, I'm actually, you know, I, I am one of those people. So my other job, I am actually a designer in a large multi-billion dollar corporation that is open right now. So I'm just dealing with trying to keep my stress level down because, um, it's very stressful working right now. Um, like, so, you know, in the mental health field, um, that's what I'm feeling. I'm starting to understand why my dad, as he gets older, is getting grumpy because yeah. it's the stress of getting older, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm just seeing the stress of just all of the, you know, everything. Um, so I'm, I don't have any projects going on. My project right now is just kind of live my life and <laughs> yeah. just kind of maintain good. the status quo for now. Cause I'm just, it's just, it's a very stressful time, whether you're at home yes. or whether you're working, you know, regardless of yeah, where whatever. you are. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. But then again, but good luck to you. And thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Marlene. And uh, it was really a, a, a pleasure. I really oh, enjoyed on it. On the contrary, it was my pleasure. Thank you again and take care. <laughs> you too. Bye bye. Bye bye. I love it. She said something woo, and it was like, man, lay on the woo. Lay on the woo, because I'm telling you right now, for all that, I'm an analytical when it comes to therapy and mental health and, you know, the part the subconscious plays as far as our behavior and our decisions and a lot of what we do or don't do. And by this, I mean uh, that a lot of things that sometimes people think of as woo is basically is really our subconscious mind that makes up a, a lot, a lot of what motivates us in certain directions or gets in the way. And we think, you know, our conscious mind is the one in the steering wheel is not but on the flip side of that is i've i've been exposed to woo and i mean besides the the paranormal stuff the woo also when it comes to manifestation uh exactly what she was talking about exactly what she was talking about and um and i'm not kidding you know we all have uh you know, some people are more, and, and I don't mean this in a negative way, more controlling than others. And sometimes no control at all no, is, is just as bad, where you just don't make any effort and whatever, and it's all good. And, you know, of course, like, like in life, all extremes are not good. You know, no lack of control, as in no, no direction, uh, or it's preparedness. Mind you, I said preparedness, not worry. Two different things. Or extreme control. Whether it's extreme control, not only about yourself, about everything, or about with people around you, your family, or, you know, everything. You know, you get caught up, in, which is can make you very anxious. And, and I've mentioned this before when with the hypnotherapy. I had a lot of clients <laughs> that it was funny because they would come to see me for different things that weren't working out a lot of times relationships things like that and they were very they had 
their personality was they were very successful let's say their jobs because they were controlling they were like you know i'm gonna i've made plans and i've stuck to this and this is gonna happen and then i'm gonna do this 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 and that part worked out like a charm but they put a lot of stress on themselves and they could for example they couldn't quite get the relationship thing done somehow it always escaped them or the relationships they would end up with just fizzled out or like like that oh we end up best friends and i said how often does this oh like the last three relationships I've, ha- I've i've had the guy turns out to be my best friend it's like you see a pattern there it's like, all right okay um it has to do uh a lot with control and letting go and some people get some very anxious to let go even a little bit because let's face it they feel that at some point they feel like controlling lowers my anxiety because i'm in control and if i let go of the control god knows what will happen oh you know and sometimes that control extends even to relationships because for example some of them and you'd be surprised how how easily we pick up on this very soon after meeting somebody you can say how quickly i mean i didn't know this person be like you were looking subconsciously for certain characteristics or personality traits whereas the control extended to i'm looking for the type of person that i know i really won't fall madly in love with but i know i'm in control and i won't fall in love because unfortunately for some personality types being madly in love means i'm going to be out of control and that is very scary for them okay so from the get-go when they're out there you know either they go to a a place have a few drinks or even blind dates or whatever you got online somewhere along the line they already subconsciously they're already picking up on the and of course they'll you know oh no no i'm ready to meet somebody you know i want a relationship i've everything else in my life is it's done you know i've got a career and i've got this and i've got that so now i am ready for the relationship and by the way they've been ready and somehow that just doesn't come like like i said they end up with their best friend that's an example of a couple of times that i had clients like that and it was like okay don't get me wrong we all have our preferences as far as looks and personality traits that we feel we're more compatible with nothing wrong with that however sometimes you have to let go and feel out of control with somebody you meet which means somebody you could really fall in love with and for some people that's a very scary thought that's a scary no let, let me about my time scary feeling it's not a thought it's a feeling and that's what gets to them okay like i could fall deeply in love with this person and my control would be gone then what do i do my emotions would be out of control this person could hurt me so badly because i i might not be able to you know i'll be in love some people this really 
they cannot tolerate. It's very difficult for them to allow themselves that true falling in love because it's so much easier and safer to go with that person that, yeah, at the beginning it seems like, oh, there's this chemistry. Believe me, it's not like right off the bat you're thinking this could be my best friend. No, no, no. They're, they're like turned on and the chemistry's there and the sex and the this and the that. But there's a lot of other stuff you start picking up. Um, along the way that you know this will fizzle out. This will fizzle as a, as a matter of fact, it's really funny because a lot of, some of the things that you get along with so much initially is because you're both a lot alike. You know that thing, oh, we all like this, we both like the same thing. Okay, now, and let's, let's tie this into what Carrie was talking about. Let's say for that person, okay, that wants to, like what she said, I, I, I want this kind of relationship. I need this kind of relationship. This is what I think I need now. Let's say you're this type of person. Hey, I've done my studies. I've got a great job. I'm ready now for the relationship. Maybe I want to start a family. That's it. You know, uh, I, I've done partying. I've done traveling. I've done all the, you know, I've hit my bucket list on a bunch of stuff that I wanted to do. For example, before I was 30. Oh, why not? But now, you know what I realized? Yeah, okay, that was great. But now I want the relationship because I want to have the white picket fence. Whatever the white picket fence is for you folks. I'm just, whatever, whatever. It, it, whether it's with kids, without kids, um, whatever applies. And in your mind, you kind of have this idea of what you think this person would look like and or be like. And it's, to me, it sounds like her approach is really good sometimes for bringing that person to cross paths with you in ways that you might not there. If somebody could tell you, well, how do you think you're going to meet that person? Well, maybe a dating service. Um, I'm afraid of who my friends are going to introduce me to, but you know. It's like, okay, well, let's let's do it her way. And the reason why I say that is that sometimes the universe gives you not what you want, but what you need. Sometimes two different things. Okay, because sometimes what you think, what you want, what you want, when you say, I want this, is not really what you need. You might need something a little bit different or a lot different for your happiness, for or to address really maybe what your soul yearns for, what would really truly be the person that's going to complete you in a, 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 an important relationship, if that's what you're looking for, you know, and it kind of opens that path. And of course, you know, you take it from there, but yeah, let me tell you something. I could have talked to her for a long time because I'm, and you know, and in another show, maybe I'll do a show about the, uh, the aspects of familial uh, and hereditary curses and vows, broken and unbroken, where what she was talking about, you would think, well, what is one thing? I to... Believe it or not, yeah. And that, and I know some people are going, oh, whoa, 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 Marley. Yes, yes, I have seen that. I have seen that happen where um, people are affected 
and you might think how so but yeah uh along things that your ancestors and when i say ancestors sometimes this could have been some stuff that happened quite a few generations back that's what i'm saying this could have been something that occurred forget it before even your grandmother was born uh in certain areas sometimes it doesn't even have to be like something truly dark like a curse but it could be certain certain things that repeat in your family uh and it's, and it's tied into something along those lines so her mentioning that and when she was describing i absolutely i get it i get it i've seen that and i understand why she addresses it so maybe we'll do a show about that because I've seen that uh, I, I've seen that materialize in a lot of different aspects so again guys thank you for being part of my audience you're all wonderful uh, don't forget to check me out on my Amazon authors page Marlene Pardo Pelser or MarlenePardo.com that's where I have all my books that are up for sale uh, like I said I've been putting out a lot of nonfiction I mean sorry fiction books for my Sybil Chronicles I put out three I just came out with a short story one for young adults it's a horror light anthology three short stories you know for that 13 to 18 19 year old stuff I just, just uh, I just published that it's just an ebook on Kindle on Amazon also you can go to Smashwords and find it there I'm gonna have it there probably for free you want to look it up it's called I've come for my girl yeah so anyway guys take care thank you so much and uh for sharing this time with me and i hope to see you next time bye